Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Hello and welcome to the 91st episode of Two Slips in the Gully. I'm joined by Glenn again this evening. How are you, Glenn? Hey, as I'm good. How are you? I am really good. Really mm. good. Uh, we finally got a commencement date for our uh, cricket season, our cricket season. So yeah. we've been sitting here waiting and waiting for them to decide when we can go and play live sport again. And it's looking like, fingers crossed, the uh, 30th of October, we'll be back playing cricket. Awesome. So yeah, looking forward to it. Super psyched about that. Getting Just need into, a team now. <laughs> <laughs> getting into some training. Well, you know you were there with me today as we... Yeah. Shook some rust off with uh, some of the other boys. Mm. Um, so if you were paying attention in our last episode, this is the nervous 90s for yep. Two Slips in the Gully, and we thought that we'd go down memory lane a little bit and just have a bit of a shout-out to two of the most prolific 90-getters in Australian cricket, and that would be Michael Slater, who had been dismissed nine times in the 90s in 76 matches, second only to Sachin Tendulkar, who had 10 in 200 <laughs> Yeah, and the other one was Steve Waugh that had eight dismissals and two not outs. So between them, they had uh, nineteen scores in the nineties throughout their career. So, with, as the episode corresponds with the score they get, we thought we'd give them a shout out. So we'll start with Steve Waugh, who famously got a ninety-one at the Wacker on the second of December, nineteen eighty-eight, against the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And that's before he scored 100. Yes. Early in his career. Early in his career. It was his 23rd Test match. Think, and Yeah. He debuted in the mid-80s. Yes. Yeah. Um, in his 22nd Test match, he'd also scored a second mm-hmm. innings 90. So it's his second 90 in a row. So he was so close. Yeah. So unbelievably close to knocking off that first 100. But, uh, again, yeah. dismissed. So has has still he been, been replaced by his bro yet? I, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember when that uh, <laughs> yeah. coincided. But he's still uh, another four games away from knocking off that first ton. And right. then if we go to Slats, Slats ended up with two scores of 91. to be, uh, to. So we'll, we'll rattle them off. So mm-hmm. his first one, I believe, was against the West Indies. Right. No, actually, it was against India. I take it back. 
Yep. Uh, was the 25th of March, 1998, mm-hmm. in India. All right. Uh, scored a 91 yeah, over in the batting. Probably would have taken a 90 in, in India back um, then. <laughs> it was his 37th test match, so that was his first trip to 91. And his, uh, you know, his first trip into the 90s. Well, his yeah. lowest score into the 90s, I should say. Mm. And then his second game was on Boxing Day uh, right. against India again uh, at the MCG, obviously, being Boxing Day. And, yeah, got another 91. That was in his 58th test match. So there's, uh, there's Slat's first two of his nine dismissals. Mm. In the 90s, there we go. So 91, Slats went there twice. All right. And so, we're, we're there now. And we're there we now. We got there. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> uh, so moving forward with some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode, the Australian women have wrapped up their series against India with a series victory, mm. thanks primarily to uh, some strong running in the T20s at the end. And England have finally announced their squad that will be coming over to tour the Ashes. So we'll have a bit of a chat about uh, who's been picked and who's been left out and who's missing and uh, what we think of the English team's chances coming out here. So all that fun stuff coming up right after this. As we talked about at the top, the women's series against India has come to a close with the three T20s being played and Australia winning those 2-0 after the first game got washed out. And uh, probably a bit lucky that it got washed out because India were in a really, really strong position. Yeah, yeah. I think um, with bat and ball, they uh, definitely competed with us. Uh, I mean, the fundamental skills... Um, but I think their fielding let them down quite a bit, yeah, um, safe to say. That was probably the one really big weakness for overall for the squad was that there was a big difference in the ground fielding yeah. and the catching uh, ability between the two teams. The, uh, the Jemima Rodriguez, the, she came in and played exclusively in the T20. She looked really good, but other than that, there were a lot of... Um, yeah. A lot of Indians there that were really a bit lacking in the field, and I feel that's something that's going to really hamper them moving forward to truly compete, especially in the short-form game consistently with the likes of Australia and England. They've got to really, yeah. really try and tidy that up a bit. But, yeah, a lot uh, of those, I mean, those chances stick. It's a completely different series, um, I would say. Yeah, all through it. If they, India feels like they probably win, if they feel a bit better, they win both those, both the ODIs that went down to the wire. Yeah. They probably win the series. There's probably a few, I mean, Australia weren't, Perfect in the field. They had a lot of gaffes, which, you know, you put down to, you know, a bit of rust after having quite a long layoff before, you know, the 14 days without being able to train. But on a, on a mm. overall level, the overall average skill of their fielding units, Australia were, were much higher, Sa- yeah. especially saving runs in the ring. And um, as I was saying to you, I think for the uh, the T20s that we watched, that um, the, the girls were really drilled on saving bound, balls around the boundary. Like yeah. Whenever they had two two running out to get it, the, there'd be always one that would dive and they'd always seem to bat back right where the other fielder needed to pick it up and make a quick throw. Now, yeah. we, we don't see as much of that in the men's game, I think largely because you know, the men are more athletic. They take you know tackle it themselves. The field is obviously larger as well, so there's less opportunity for those for two players to actually converge. Actually converge. But uh, but even when that does happen in some of the limit overs games, you see them flicking it back in, and the person trailing's got a you know goes over their head or goes past them, and you know. But just everything, 
just seemed really clinical, really well drilled. Like they just batted it back hard enough for uh, yeah. for the player to pick it up. And even when they were one on one, a lot of the time you'd see the, the girls like um, Hannah Darlington and um, you know girls like that, Darcy Brown, really athletic and putting it out all out there in the outfield and and uh, and stopping vital runs. So really, really good ground fielding unit. Um, and so with the first game, so India were four for one thirty one in fifteen overs, got washed out, and you know that was it. Shared the points. They needed to win the second T Twenty to keep the series alive. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately they came out and looked a little overwhelmed with the, you know, just what was at stake for that particular game. Their batting unit just didn't fire at all. The Australians came and were really switched on with the ball and in the field. And uh, India slumped to be all out, all out. I think nine for nine for one eighteen, and that came with Pooja Vastrika scoring thirty seven off twenty six at the end to sort of give them a bit of a lift. They were really struggling, really struggling early on. I believe they were they were nine for eighty one yeah. uh, at one point. So, mm-hmm. but. That being said, you know, you'd think less than a runner ball in a T20 versus a side as well-drilled and as experienced as Australia, that would be a walk in the park. India just have this, they've just cornered the market on never giving up and just making sure they find a way to be in the game like their, their men's side. They came out and made the Australians really, really work to, to get those 119 runs and they had Australia in all sorts of early on. They were, they were 4 for 46, 5 for 71, so mm. they weren't... They didn't find it easy. Their bowlers came out and did a fantastic job, but and these these were all played on the, on the same uh, ground as well at, at Metricon. This is all at Metricon, yeah, yeah. So there shouldn't have been that much of a difference, you would have thought, in, in the pitches and the the pace. Um, so yeah, you would have expected, you know, one forty fast scores. I would have thought so too, but yeah, both teams' bowling units did a really good job uh, in the in the next game. Australia went and. Scored one five for one forty nine, batting first, which is the second time all series that Australia batted first. Uh, Beth Mooney again led the way with a composed sixty one at the top of the order. Uh, Tali McGrath, what a series this has been for her! Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, especially with the bat. Yeah, well, she hasn't been used to bowl a lot since the ODIs, but she's really mm. done a job with the bat. She had back to back forties, got Australia home in that second T twenty when we were starting to wobble. And then finished off the innings with a bit of a flurry, forty-four off thirty-one to get us yeah. to, to, you know, one forty-nine. She just constructs her innings really, really well. Like uh, early on, she rotates the strike and then manages to find the boundary later on. And she she went in in some pretty high pressure situations, and she seemed calm all the way through. Yeah. There was no panic. Whatsoever. Uh, really handy with the ball that she showed in uh, some of the, the ODIs. So Australia could be looking at another gun all-rounder to, yeah. to take on the legacy from people like you know Elise Perry and people like that. Uh, really did a great job. Uh, and then you know Australia, other than Shmidi Mandahar and uh, Jamon Rodriguez sort of starting off the innings composed but not on top of the run rate, it slowly and surely started to blow out. Like they weren't losing wickets, but they sort of weren't mm. really keeping up. Well, they were keeping up, but it was just ticking away. You know, started just hanging off. on by a thread, kind of thing. And then the once, and then once they uh, they got Rodriguez out in the the tenth over, 
things started to look a bit harder. And then Mandahar was they dismissed her in the 14th, and from there it was it seemed like it was going to be a mm. bit of a formality. From from that point, they they just choked the runs, um, and you know one thirty one forty nine doesn't seem to be a you know you wouldn't think it's an overly intimidating score, no. <laughs> but they just sort of choked the runs to the point that. Yeah, it looked like that there was going to be a bridge too far, and as it was, they ended up being I think six wickets down and got to uh, one thirty-five chasing. So Australia won by fourteen and ended up taking the series. But I think uh, overall, it's a lot closer than what uh, it appears. You know, two ODI victories uh, and two T Twenty victories, mm. um, and then a, a draw, a washout, and an Indian win. India played a lot better than only winning one game. Yeah, I mean the washout. Was a uh, was kind of a rescue effort <laughs> for the Australians. Um, you feel like India were probably in that game well and truly. Oh, I think they win that. Well, one of the big criticisms I've got is, other than Beth Mooney, none of the top order really fired for Australia. They mm. Gardner got a, a fifty in the Test match. You know, Perry never really got going. Yeah, Lanning never really got going. Yeah, um, you know, they kind of had that one. Uh, sort of in that first ODI, we kind of thought that that was how it was going to be uh, with Lanning coming in and scoring the 50 and the other two almost getting hundreds. Yeah. I mean, even Alyssa Healy is yeah. probably a, a lean series for her. She got a little unlucky with some of her dismissals and then there was some you know technical flaws yeah. in the way that she I mean, Alyssa got, got an absolute peach. Was it her who got that? Yeah, that yeah. one off. Um, yeah. Who was that off? That was off. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the surprisingly, uh, the surprisingly uh, talking about that as ball of the century. <laughs> <laughs> it's a young century. Go close. It moves a long way. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they can't have a, a, a superb delivery now without saying ball of the century. It was very um, good. I think it, it was quite, good. quite legitimately yeah. deserved to be in those sort of. Well, it pitched ball on of about. The yeah, ball of yeah. the decade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it pitched on um, what would have been seventh stump and then ended up taking top of middle sort of thing. Yeah. So <laughs> came a long yeah, way. Yeah, it was a great ball. Great ball, no doubt about it. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, been a been a fantastic series. For, other than the test, as we talked about in the last episode, I don't think the test was very good watching. It wasn't attractive cricket from, from either team, mm. uh, and, you know, India. It's kind it, of gritty cricket, yeah. Uh, it's just boring cricket. It's not <laughs> even that gritty. Like, no, the gritty, gritty, it makes it sound more interesting. <laughs> but it really, it really wasn't interesting. India <laughs> India bossed the game. Uh, Lanning, I'm critical of some of Lanning's decisions to go to the sort of holding pattern with Molyneux and Gardner as early as she did. Yeah. Rather than using some of the quick bowlers to try and, you know. Take the wickets. Take the wickets. To sort of just, it was just. Break dr- the neck dry the run rate up and build pressure and you know at some point yeah. you know in test cricket you've just got to you've got to attack the batsman yeah and you know india really didn't take any initiative to boss the game like they were they would have been thinking we've got to leave ourselves enough time to take 20 wickets yeah and they just let the game go and go and go and go and then you know became a draw so uh, australia didn't execute their skills very well early in the match no. so they struggled with line and length and then India weren't really looking to take advantage of that at any point. So both teams really contributed to what was a, a pretty ordinary game of cricket. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they're, they're coming out of lockdown, but I suppose... <laughs> uh, I think it's less to do with lockdown and more to do with the fact that it's just it's not something that they're trained to do. I mean, we, we yeah. take proper test match etiquette and proper test match tactics for granted watching the men's game because they play so many of them. 
Yeah. Whereas when you're only playing one a year, mm. you know, it's hard to then just turn on the test match cricket mode and, and get what is going on. She's watching Mandahar flay her bowlers all around the ground. Mm. And in one day, that's what she does. She shut, she tosses the ball to Molyneux, tosses it to Gardner, sets a defensive field, drives a run rate up. Uh, yeah. And um, once she got the run rate under control, she didn't really go back to, you know, Darcy Browns and yeah. Stella Campbells yeah, and people I mean, like test, that. Test to, cricket is the, is the game where your bowlers take the initiative. Mm. They've got to try and get the batsmen out, and that's kind of the, uh, the appeal of it. So I, I wrote an article saying that... Uh, I think some of the things to rectify that is they, A, need to play more cricket or yeah. they need to put a domestic long-form cricket in. Mm. But I think they should be playing more tests. Yeah. I would like to see them bookend a series like that with yep. tests. And I don't think that they should be included in a multi-series format because mm. what we've seen with that multi-series format in the Ashes series is one team will just take the initiative, uh, bat the other side out of the game. We did it to England the last time they came out here. Just mm. bat them out of the game and then look to try and, you know, just see what happens. We've put ourselves in a position where we can't lose. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we can make, you know, make something happen. Whereas, you know, you would like to think that's uh, if there's, they, if there's a little more to the strategy than that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think if you were playing, because obviously they're not familiar with playing Test match cricket. Yeah. You've got a whole series banking on a game that you really don't know how to play. So, and it's hard. It's hard to win a Test match. You've got to take. 20 wickets or score the runs, whereas in a one-day or a T20, it's, it's, a, it's just yeah. simply get to the total or don't. Get in front and then the time elapses. Yeah, basically. and that's it, whereas you can't yeah. you can't sort of do that in test cricket. So it's harder to win. So, And yeah. then if you do end up losing, you give up so many points in the series. Like I said, the series was over if Australia yeah. won that test. Hmm. Uh, and so there's no, and I think if we're, in this, if we're in the same situation coming into a test match where we lost two ODIs, you know, we were trailing by... Two, four points to two, yeah. Uh, and we know that if we lose the test, the series is gone. We probably would do the same thing. We'd win the toss, bat first, bat long, and then mm-hmm. aim to not have to bat again. So mm-hmm. it's not not the Indians' fault, but I think that they, you know, we need to be encouraging them to play more attractive, more attacking brands of cricket. And I think the way to do that is to give test matches its own competition. You play them more, yeah. have a World Test Championship kind of like the men do, and so you're no longer just sort of, you know, limping through the test to get back to the devil you know in the, the short-form games, you actually yeah. need to win your test matches to build the points you need to play in the World Test Final. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, and the more they play, the more they're going to have to develop those skills and the way, you know, and the mindset and the tactics to, to play those games. But, uh, yeah, I think from there, I really hope that they, Australia come out, well, both teams, Australia and England, come out with a, a bit better attitude for their Ashes test because... It really, look, I'm a big fan and I talk quite passionately about the, the women playing more test matches. But, um, you know, that test match we just watched would be an argument why they shouldn't play more test <laughs> matches, unfortunately. Um, yeah. It was not, wasn't a great spectacle. But yeah. in, in that sense, it is actually also a reason why they should play more because we all know that they're talented enough. The one day in T20 games have been really great spectacles. They, they clearly know how to play entertaining cricket. The skills are there. We've seen them execute the skills, you know, very, at various points executing skills at a great level. So they're talented mm. cricketers. They just need to just the nudge in the right direction to attack the game differently, and you'll get you'll get a positive brand of cricket out of. Out yeah, of I mean, it's kind of like the reverse adaption of the the men's game. 
because it, it was initially everything was test cricket, and uh, they had to adapt to the the shorter forms. Yes. Yeah. And we're sort of seeing that you know all early on in the one days. Teams were yeah. only going at sort of three, yeah. four, four, three and home. over. That's that's good cricket. That's positive. Yeah, and you're getting <laughs> scores around yeah. about two twenty and going, wow, yeah. two twenty and fifty overs. That's going to be a yeah. impressive chase. Chase that. And now, yeah, and now you're looking at, <laughs> oh well, today three hundred bar today in the Marsh Cup, uh, Travis Head scored two hundred and thirty odd runs off hundred and twenty balls. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the game has has gone that way. And you're right, the women are sort of the reverse. They've been playing yeah. at least at a, a professional level been playing short form and they're trying to figure out how to stretch that now over um a number of days and, and to be honest i think they need to play a fifth day yeah uh, you know as it is i believe it takes since the year 2000 it takes on average 2500 balls yeah for a women's according to the strike rate that women's games have gone at for taking wickets, it would take 2500 balls for a women's game to have yeah. had 40 wickets 2500 hang on and a women's game... <laughs> do I need to do the maths on that? I'll do it for you. Okay. A women's game is 2,400 <laughs> balls long. All right. Okay. 2,400. Yes. Right. Okay. So... So on average, that's every, not everything's enough. a draw. Every, on average, every, it would need to be, there'd need to be declarations for there yeah. to be a result. Exactly. And so what that says is the games yeah. aren't long enough. Hmm. Um, there's other factors, you know, could the pitches, should we be juicing up the pitches a bit to... You know, yeah, with women not being able to hit those really express paces, they're not being able to do as much with the ball. Uh, but yeah. uh, uh, despite there being a, a an underwhelming showing, they need to be playing more tests. And I think the rest of that series, because the T20s and the one days were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So we know that good yeah. quality cricket can be played. I can't remember the last time I've seen an, an, a one day as entertaining as the first or the second and third one day international, <laughs> except for maybe the World high, Cup final. High drama. High drama in that one. I think the World Cup finals, the last time I can remember watching a, a, an ODI game that was truly as exciting as the yeah. the second and third one. So um, it's very high praise because the World Cup final was arguably one of the better games of one day international cricket ever played. Mm. Uh, so, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I know the Indians will be taking a lot away. Then you know Australia is a, a big juggernaut in the in women's cricket. Yeah, and you know for the toss of a coin, they could have come out and won quite comfortably. India. Yeah. So yeah, they'll take a lot away from that series. Australia will take a lot away. They were missing some really important key players. You know, Megan Short and uh, Valemic missed all of the ODIs. You know, not, you know, their batsmen didn't really fire and they still managed to get contributions from other players that aren't normally in the limelight to uh, mm. to make sure they got the win. So the, while I'm sure that some players like Lanning and Perry and, and Healy will be ruining missed opportunities, they'll all come without feeling good that despite the fact that the, the old guard didn't do a great job, yeah, they still managed to, to win against a very good Indian side. Hmm. Yeah, excellent series overall. Excellent series overall. And uh, what a great thing to see is a lot of those Indian players are actually hanging around to take part in the women's BBL. So that's yeah. going to be great for their development as well. Awesome. Uh, so should be, you know, the Thunder, my yeah. team, managed to get Shmidi Mandahar, who I think if India win the series, Shmidi Mandahar is almost a lock for player of the series. She batted exceedingly well 
yeah. all through everything. Yep. Uh, and I think only the reason you wouldn't give her the player of the series is because Indy didn't end up winning, and I, I would still be tempted to give it to her despite yeah. the fact that yeah, Indy didn't win. Team. She played incredibly well. So mm. welcome to Thunder Nation, and uh, <laughs> right. hopefully score a lot of runs. Go on, straight down the throat of first slip. As we reported last episode, England have announced that they are definitely coming out to tour. Joe Root has approved. You know, he said that he's keen. He's going to tour England. Have, there's obviously some behind-the-scenes stuff in terms of what England want to happen to have yeah. happen. So, but the tour's going ahead. And earlier this week, they announced their squad for the Ashes series. So I'll, I'll read that out now. So Joe Root, obviously there is captain. James Anderson, Jonathan Bairstow, Don Bess, Stuart Broad, Rory Burns, Joss Butler, Zach Crawley, Hasib Hamid, Dan Lawrence, Jack Leach, Dawood Milan, Craig Overton, Ollie Pope, Ollie Robinson, Chris Wokes, and Mark Wood. Yep. Um... Yeah, not a lot of surprises there. No, there isn't a lot of surprises there. I think due to some of the players that are out, they had their hands tied. This is probably close to the best squad they could have picked. And, you yep. know, uh, Ben Stokes not being available, Joffre Archer not being available. Yeah. But I really think... It is a bit of a disappointment that Joffre is not coming out well, here. With both of them not coming out here, yeah. there's always going to be that sort of asterisk going, what could they have done if they'd been at full strength? Yeah. But I think with that, England needed to go a little left field. Yeah. They needed to yeah. be a bit different because... There's, there's no leg spinner, uh, Yeah, always. and that was going to be my next point is, you know, yeah. Anderson, uh, Overton, mm-hmm. Broad. Yeah. And uh, they, they all came and they all came out last time. And I think Chris Wopes was another one as well. He came out last time as well. Yeah. They all came out last, four years ago. And, and struggled they, to get 20 wickets. And they got pumped. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a different lineup, but it's... In some cases, you'd say it's probably better. And, you know, I'd take current Marnus Labuschagne over Usman Khawaja, who was playing at three then. Yeah. Um, you know, the openers, you know, you've still got David Warner. And for those of you that think that Short Broad is going to do what he did to David Warner in Australia with a kookaburra, I'd hate to burst your bubble, but I reckon the odds are that Warner's going to be much more comfortable and score a heap of runs than it is that. Broad's going to get him out for 50 runs for a whole series again. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be... I mean, the method of dismissal was going around the wicket, angling the ball in and swinging it away. And Kookaburra just don't win. You just don't see that, yeah. <laughs> and so I think with that, yeah. when, you've, when you've had all those players, I mean, Anderson and Broad have been out for a while and they've at best been okay. Yeah. Would be would be generous. I mean, mm. Anderson is the th- in I Australia. Think, they're holding bowlers. They're yeah, yeah. They're just they, they're they just, consistent line of length guys. They just don't get enough out of the pitches here yeah. or the cooker bar. I mean, Anderson for all of what he's done. Uh, this like, they had a stat that came out recently, which was the leading wicket takers for the Ashes this century. So yeah. Anderson debuted in the Ashes in the 07 series, and given everything that he's done in England. He averages 35 against Australia, and that's not in Australia. That's overall. So yeah. he's had some good series in England, and you've got to imagine how poor some of his series have been for that average to blow out to yeah. to 35. And I just mm. think with you know you've tried all these bowlers. I mean, Ollie Robinson is going to be a great addition. I think he's he bowls a lot like uh, Josh Hazelwood. I think he'll be the pick of the bowlers. Yeah, but he's not that good that he's going to sway the whole the whole series mm. and I think you you have to pick Anderson you have to pick Broad and you probably have to pick Wokes considering the players they've got out 
So yeah. I think they needed to go down a different avenue and maybe you've, you've pick got the next X Factor of, of Mark Wood. I, I feel you, I don't, you don't ever know what, what you're going to get. I don't rate it. Mark Wood. Yeah. Like he's just fast. Like in Australia, mm. Australians eat fast for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why they maybe needed to take a bit of a punt and go with a leg spinner. Mm. as a different way of taking wickets. Australia's notoriously poor against spin. Parkinson looks like he's in the in absolute form of his life at the moment. He's been just taking wickets for fun in 100. He's been taking wickets for fun in, in county cricket, and he he's an attacking bowler. And yeah. I think you've got enough fast bowlers mm. that you can settle in and play the, you know, they, they like to play the holding role with their spinners and attack with their bowlers in England yeah. when the ball seems. <laughs> and I think over here they could reverse it and, and play a leggy and if the leg is getting towed up a bit, you've got enough quicks that can mm. to pick yeah, up I the think slack. The English selectors are notoriously, uh, notoriously uh, unadventurous because um, you, uh, it's not like they've completely forgotten spin. They've got two specialist spinners in the squad, Jack Leach and Dom Bess. I mean, do you need both of them? Uh, like, I don't think you need... I mean, one's a left arm orthodox, one's a right arm. But they're both spinner. they're both sort of holding bowlers, like yeah. an Ashley Giles sort of bowler. I mean, obviously, I think one of them probably would have been Mo and Ali. Yeah. If Ali hadn't retired. Yeah. But I just think there was an opportunity there for them to be a bit brave because yeah. they've got to be looking at that going, look, everyone can see it. They don't have the out-and-out pace to mm. truly say that they're, they're confident that their attack will take 20 wickets in Australia. Yeah. They knew they had to take pace. They were talking about it for ages, talking about taking a, pa- a, a, a pace battery out here, and then that pace battery subsequently got injured. So they knew in their head they needed to do something yeah, different. they've been preoccupied with pace. <laughs> and then they've then obviously that's the rug's been pulled out from under them, and they've just gone back to plan B, which is all these bowlers that do a phenomenal job in England, Yeah, but they just all do a bit the same and mm. I just don't offer a lot. And and to be fair, I don't know enough about the bowlers coming through to which quicks would really supplant them. So I think they've probably picked the best quicks that they've got available, yeah. which is why I think you needed to do something a little bit different with your spin attack. Yeah. So if, you, if you're going to go pick the best quicks and that's who they are, and I think that's fair enough. I don't think there's anything overly too wrong with the squad. Mm. I just think that England really should have – Probably a bit braver, and maybe and as yeah. not taking best. Uh, and maybe they Lynch. would argue that you know it's uh, it's Mason Crane all over again. Uh, <laughs> they just don't have the leg spinners over there. Yeah, I just well, yeah, I, I imagine Leach would be the first up guy. Yeah. So, but on but like um, yeah, take a punt, get him out there. He offers something a bit different. He gets the ball to really spin, and as we've seen, Australia can mm. fall in a heap to spin. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ravi Ashwin came out. I know he's an off spinner, but you know we've we've shown fragility against spin bowling. Mm. And if you've got enough quicks to sort of, you know, if it comes out and turns into Mason Crane, depending on the makeup they've side, they've probably still got enough quicks there that they can still have four bowling options. Because you imagine they'll play the three quicks: Anderson, uh, Robinson, and Broad, mm. or. Or would depending there, they'll have the three genuine quicks, and they'll probably play Wilkes uh, as no, well. Knowing knowing England in, in the recent times, they'll probably rotate their squad all yeah. over the place. But I, I would imagine that they'll play the three quicks, a spinner, and then they'll probably play Wokes as as an all rounder. Yeah. So they'll go with that extra. Well, round. that's that's the other thing. They don't really have a genuine all rounder in that ranks. They well, haven't, well, they well, haven't not, included Sam Curran. Well, not a batting all rounder anyway. No. So I, I yeah. I'd, I'd say. Not, not one that you'd be 
comfortable what, batting in the top six. Wokes has done a good enough job that he can be considered a bowling all yeah, but I reckon maybe he could bat at seven. He'd bat at yeah. seven, and I think they'll play their, their keeper at six. Yeah. In that. Or and five, I'm depending to get on... him some runs. Um, Josh Butler, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't fault the, the line up too much. I just think they, they probably needed to be a little more adventurous because they've sort of just trotted out the same thing they brought out last time, and it didn't work. Even yeah. in the in the pink ball test, it, it didn't work. They didn't really do enough. And, you know, pitches over here, if they're anything like what the shield has tossed up, yeah. they're probably not going to be a, a, a lot to them. That being said, you know, Australia hasn't played a lot of cricket. It could work out. If Australia doesn't get their act together and you know, come out underdone, yep. you know, just line length and not giving anything away could do the job. But in as historically speaking, that's, uh, that's I mean, not uh, dynamic they, they could probably argue that they're taking a little bit of a risk with, I mean, Dan Dan Lawrence or Zach Crawley pretty much has to be in the the lineup because if you look at it, you're, you're probably opening with with Rory Burns and uh, Hamid, uh, and then you've got to find a three from that lot. I suppose they might go with uh, Milan. Well, I would imagine that would be Milan because Milan batted three against India, and I think yeah. they, that top three looked mm-hmm. okay. And then they'll go uh, Joe Root, obviously. And they've got to find... I think they'll go Ollie Pope. Yeah. Um, and Johnny Besto will, will play. Well, depending on... I think they'll either go Pope and Besto or Besto, and they'll have Butler at six. And yeah. then your bowlers, uh, Wokes, and then whatever combination of bowlers you're going to have. Okay. Uh, they could go with just the four bowlers and then play the extra batsman and have the mm. keeper at seven. Um, yeah. Well, that, that pretty much means that Chris Wokes has to play... In most games, if you're going to go with that kind of structure with with five bowlers, I would imagine that he probably will. Uh, uh, yeah, it'd be brave because I can't without see a genuine all rounder in the, the rotation there. Without a genuine all rounder in the top six, there yeah. if they don't go with Wokes as an all rounder, they're going to only they can only really go with four bowlers. Mm. If yeah. they're gonna, if they're not going to, well, play yeah, I mean, them. on the plus side, I think they made the right call not bringing Dom. Simply, I think he would have really struggled here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I think I think Rory Burns is going to struggle out here. I mean, Cummins and Co. really made him work uh, yeah. in that sort of third slip gully area with the way that he sort of his technique comes down to defend the ball from that that wide angle. And I yeah. think that's only going to be intensified on the bouncy quicker pitches here. So he's going to have yeah. to be really. Put two gullies in place, I think. <laughs> He's going to have to be you know, really focused on you know, playing the short ball and really get it adapt to that short mm-hmm. ball. I think it's going to have quickly. to leave well here. Um, it's, it's, it's a different kind of leave. You know, you've got to leave well in England because the ball's moving. But here you, you leave it a lot on length because of the bounce. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is Hamid needs – like they, they need to be dynamic, obviously not reckless and – Overly attacking, but they can't afford to. Because I think Hamid only goes at a strike rate of about thirty-eight in county cricket, and they can't afford to. Yeah. To do that in Australia, yeah. they need to take the game. So they need to take the game on a bit. Mm. Uh, but which is why I'm I'm glad that they've taken David Milan because he seems to be a guy, and he's had success over. Here. He's got more hundreds in Australia than Joe Root does. Mm. So uh, he's going to be. I actually think personally, for me, Joe Root is Joe Root. He's going to be the the key to that England lineup. But yeah. I think, excluding Joe Root, Darwin Milan is the most important batsman in that lineup. Mm. Because yeah. if they can get a counterpunch attacking batsman scoring runs at three, which then lets Joe Root come in 
a bit later on, you know, the bowlers are getting tired, the ball's starting not to do as much, you know, because once the kookaburra loses that shine, it just, it's, it's, it's runs time. It, it becomes basically a <laughs> yeah. bowling machine. Yeah. Um, so Milan is going to be key to making sure that no one cracks into that middle order and keeps mm. Joe Root on the bench as long as possible. And I think if he has a big series, it'll go a long way to uh, England being successful, as it is with my, you know, green and gold glasses on. I don't see this side. <laughs> I don't see this side on paper yep. competing enough. Uh-huh. So we said this about the Indian you side. To think about, about Richie from the Twelfth Man reading through the the New Zealand lineup. <laughs> I won't say it, but you know we we're all thinking it. So I, I think I think Australia's <laughs> got to be Australia's got to be very careful because we are coming in with no cricket under our belts. Yeah. So they need to be diligent. They need to do a lot of preparation, mm-hmm. and they need to take England seriously. Yeah. But I think if Australia gets its house in order, yeah, comes in as prepared as it can be considering the lack of cricket they've got and plays to their potential, I don't think England are going to win a game in this series. No. I think the more likely for England to be successful will rely on Australia being underdone. Mm. Because I just, with that bowling attack, we've seen that bowling attack over here before and it hasn't done anything. Mm. So and, and that's good, and that's you good. just can't see that improvement. You yeah, know, well, like, they're all four years older. I mean, Anderson yeah. and Broad surely aren't going to be no, I mean, has, has, has James Anderson added any skills to his uh, repertoire that, that indicate that he's going to turn it around on Australian soil? Well, not on He's added skills to his repertoire, but again, he's just going to be that guy that nibbles away outside off stump, yeah. keep the batsman honest, you, you know, mm-hmm. try and get the ball to deviate. He's going to be handy come pink ball time. Yeah, he's um, going to do a job. I don't reckon yeah. he's going to go for lots of runs per over. No. I just think he's going to lack penetration. And the problem yeah. is they've got lots of guys that do that. Yeah, you know, they've just Stuart Broad again is going to be a guy that's going to nip away at that at, you know back of a length, trying to get the ball to shape away. He's going to do yeah. a job. He's going to be reasonably miserly, but again, he's probably going to be a guy that's going to struggle on some of the flatter pitches to make any inroads. Mm. Uh, Overton again, same thing. They're all sort of same same, mm. and when you when you just sort of know that all you've got to do is just yeah play they, the straight ones, and they don't even have the left arm option. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I I feel like probably Sam Curran should have been in there. I know that his main weapon is uh is swing, but I think he could have been handy just bowling a few overs and, and batting at seven. And as it looks, there's going to be a lot of right-handers. You know, there's Warner yeah. at the top, mm-hmm. but then at the moment it looks like Bukowski yeah. will be the opener of where, where we're going off. Um, either that or be Marcus Harris. You'd imagine if you're going off the last time that Australia came out to play, it'd be one of those two. So there's two lefties or a left right, and then you've got um, Labuschagne. You've got Smith. Then we don't know yet who's going to be at, at five, and then you've got Green and you've got Payne. So you've potentially mm. only got two two other left-handers at most, other than Warner. Yeah. So you know, getting that ball to right-handers and you know, yeah, just giving them angle. giving them something different. Um, yeah, there might have been another left armor that they could have gone for. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about the English first-class system. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's the squad. They're coming out here, and like I, said, I think it's the best squad they could have picked. Yeah. Uh, the smart money would be pick the Devils, you know, in Don Bess and Jack Leach. They've been there. They've done it before. They've been in the system. They've played tests for England. Yeah. I just think they – that's probably the one sticking point for me – is that I reckon Don Bess probably should have uh, 
played in England? Should no, Don Best should have been Matt Parkinson. They should oh, have right. taken a risk with the leggy and mm-hmm. just try to find ways to attack in in different avenues. Your bowlers all can I, do a defensive job. Even if you just give him a run in a dead rubber um, at the end of the series. Oh no! Um, I reckon. I, mean, I, reckon I, you I give suppose him, that that'd be negative thinking. I reckon you give him the first. You give him the first game. Yeah. Like, come bring him out. Go. Nothing just, to lose. Nothing to lose. Nil all. Nil all. Go <laughs> yeah. for it. You know, Warney's got a fantastic record at the Gabba. You're going to get a bit of bounce. Yeah. Uh, to go with lots of turn, and then you just you just back him. You're going to go yep. with, you know, let's say they're, they're first up with at the Gabba would probably have Mark Wood, you have Ollie Robinson, uh, and then let's say. James Anderson, Wokes is your all-rounder. So yeah. you've got four quicks there that are all going to do a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's the, mystery, go... there's the mystery spinner factor as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Australia wouldn't have prepared for Parkinson. No. Um, no. They would have <laughs> – they've seen Don Best. They know what he's got. They know what he's going to do. Uh, he's not really going to surprise anyone. I mean, I suppose Don Best is relatively handy with the bat, but that's not yeah, why exactly. you need to be picking he's bowlers. A handy, handy eight, yeah. <laughs> That's not why you need to be picking bowlers, especially when you know, you've got to know, England can't be that full of themselves that they think that uh, this is an attack that they know is going to take 20 wickets in Australia because it's mm. largely the same attack they've trotted out before and it's struggled. So there's got to be some, yeah, you know, thinking on their part that, you know, these guys, we've been, we've been taking, especially Broad and Anderson, we've been taking these guys out for ages and they're just, mm. you know, they're getting longer and longer in the tooth and they've never really hit their stride in Australia at any point. You know, Mark Butcher said it in, in commentary over when they were talking about the in England-India series, is they just, yeah. they, they just got it in their heads that the way to win games in England is four quicks and a spinner that just plays a holding role so you can rotate the ball, the, other, the quicks at the other end. Yeah. And then they just don't. But they just don't play oh, we, for anything else. And we absolutely do it too. When yeah. we go over there, we try and play Australian brand cricket in England. And it's it's almost a different game. I think more recently we've tried to yeah. – we've, we've, but yeah, up until probably 2013, yeah. we were – right before the 13-14 the whitewash, we definitely yeah. went over there with a we can win it our way. Yeah. And it wasn't until then, that's when they started introducing bringing the Duke ball into Sheffield Shield cricket, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And I just, yeah. yeah. I, just think I mean, that's why Siddle got a run in the last mm. Ashes. <laughs> and I just think, yeah, it's, they just just missed a bit of a trick there. Yeah. Um, their batting, obviously, from the series in India, against India has got plenty of holes in it. Yeah. So they've got to be, you know, Zach Crawley. We really both like Zach Crawley, but he hasn't scored a run since no, that massive no, double hundred. Like, yeah, as soon as we uh, praised him, he kind of <laughs> stopped running, stopped getting runs. Um, yeah, Dan yeah. Lawrence looks like he's an interesting prospect, but again, well, you know, he's sort of struggled so, yeah. to really. So find you're thinking his... that they'll both be their reserves? I, I'd say at this yeah. point they'd be reserves. I would think, as of right now, their their lineup would be Hamid. Uh, Hamid, Burns, yeah. um, Milan. Milan, Root, then they'll play either um, Pope or Bairstow. Yeah. One, either or, and Butler will be the keeper. Mm. And then they'll play Wokes at seven, and then they'll yeah. rotate their their quicks, Wood, yeah. Overton. I think no, Overton... No, no one goes with the traditional six specialist batsmen, keeper, and four bowlers anymore. Um, I just is, that, is you, that just a sign of the time? I don't. Or? I just think yeah, with the way that how much cricket's being played, how quick yeah. the turnaround is, uh, you know, all the 
game management, you know, player mm. management. I just don't think you, you need a fifth bowling option, someone who, a consistent fifth bowling option. Yeah. So I think they're, they're trying to shoehorn in an all-rounder. And with Ben Stokes being out, yeah, he's um, they're, they're scrambling. They're scrambling to find what that's going to be. Mm. But I could be wrong. They could decide to go that the four bowling options is enough with Joe Root to offer a bit of a bit yeah. of spin, and they could go the extra batsman, which in case you'd see, but with Crawley or or Lawrence come into that side, or maybe they play both Pope, Pope and Bairstow, and, yeah. and yeah. then Butler shuffles down to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Butler. This is a big series for Joss Butler. We've been very critical of the way that Joss Butler has been playing. He shows tremendous promise. In, in ODI cricket, and yeah. he's had he's had experience out here. He's played in the Big Bash quite a lot. He's should be used. Yeah. Now he's played one day international cricket out here quite a lot and been successful. So he's going to be a guy that's going to have to do a a good job. He's one of the more experienced players there, and and, and largely we feel that he's not mm-hmm. cashed in on his ability at Test level. So yeah, uh, especially if he's playing at six and they're playing Wokes at seven as the all rounder. Yeah, uh, he really like really important that he does a, a job for England. Mm. Mm. Uh, but as it is, you know the Barmy Army's throwing quite a lot of shade at our captain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. For um, yeah, big big yeah, we, little bit of media. We highlight we highlighted it in um, the last episode that uh, if uh, Root managed to score eighty more runs than Payne before New Year's, yep. he'll have scored more runs in a year than Payne has scored in his whole career. And what's been politely pointed out is that uh, outside of Root. And I believe Root and Bairstow, Payne has a better batting average than everyone else in that lineup. <laughs> or maybe Hamid, but Hamid's only played a handful of games. Yeah. So it's yeah. very early in his career. But yeah, Payne Payne's mm. got a better average than uh, than yeah. Lawrence, than Crawley. Than <laughs> not a not a lot of, lot of their Pope. <laughs> not a lot of their averages are seeing forty. No. Not, not a lot of them are seeing thirty five. I think yeah. I think Root actually is the only one that averages more than 35. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so just a bit of return serve that, yeah, Payne might not have a lot of runs. Yeah, I his think name. he also said something about, I mean, I, th- I think it was other people defending him in this case, in the case of the averages, but I think uh, there was some kind of quib that, Payne sent back about how many catches. It's like, we, but I, I think that was just pointing out how uh, they're comparing apples to oranges. Yeah, you know, like a, a wicketkeeper to a a top order batsman. It's not the same thing. Yeah, he also did put, yeah. say that he scored uh, like fifteen hundred runs more than the Barmy Army, which I thought was <laughs> yeah, a nice touch there. Well, unless you count the runs scored by Roy Drage off in the twelfth man. <laughs> if if only. <laughs> They'd be loving a player to come out and hit McGrath for three sixes in a row. I don't think that's <laughs> ever happened for an Englishman. Yeah. <laughs> He's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! Just before we leave you, we'd like to give a shout-out to all of the nations who are about to start their World Cup campaigns. That starts this weekend. Mm. Or Stuck up on us. Yeah, snuck up on us. Starts mm. this weekend or two weeks ago or a month from now. Mm. Actually, probably a month now doesn't work. You're not listening to this. In the past. <laughs> yeah. But no, so uh, the 17th of October is when the World Cup gets underway with the preliminary games to decide who makes it through to the Super 12. So I believe Oman is playing Papua New Guinea to get us started. Yep. So that's going to be uh, a great start to the World Cup. We start our series, I believe, on the 23rd of October. So we've got a little bit of time to wait before Australia's in action. Yep. So good luck to the Aussie boys. This is the one bit of hardware that we haven't got to find on. another leg uh, <laughs> in the T20 game. 
Uh, we'll do all right. There's been yeah. some – Maxwell's been showing some pretty good form in the IPL. Yeah. I think Warner will come good. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a little too. I'm a little worried about the makeup of the side. I've heard you know rumours that Marsh is definitely batting at three, which means Smith sliding down the order, yeah. which makes me worry because I think ideally you want Maxwell – as close to four as you want. So, you know, yeah. does that mean Smith sliding down to five and six where he's not really what you need in a T20? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see come the uh, come our first game what that looks like. So yeah. I'm a little bit nervous about that. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to all the teams that have qualified. Uh, best mm. of luck to make it through to, to the next round. Yeah. Uh, and good luck to everyone. Mm. Yeah, it's going luck. to be a big series. Yeah. Not too much luck because I want the Aussies to get this one. Because <laughs> once we've got this one, we can we can stop worrying about T Twenty cricket, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we just got to get the one. Just get that one out of the way, and then to we show can, that we can do it. And then we can. We're just, taking it seriously now, guys. Then we can we, just we swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, before we go, I'm just a little teeny weeny mini rant on how on on T Twenty cricket. Did you know that they've cha- they've introduced a new rule for the Big Bash? Uh, yeah. Did we cover this? I don't know. Go go ahead though. <laughs> It's worth yeah, two rants. Because it's it's not like uh, the Big Bash to implement new rules or anything. Yeah. So they're looking at timing out batsmen yeah. if they don't make it to the crease within 75 seconds. Apparently mm-hmm. last year it was 60 seconds, but the umpires didn't, uh, enforce, it. didn't enforce it. So yeah. now they're definitely going to enforce it. But what they've decided to do to enforce it, if a batsman isn't at the crease in 75 seconds, the bowler will get a free delivery at the stumps. Right. Yeah. What a load of nonsense. So it's, it's going to be a Glenn Maxwell a few years ago. It's just – so the idea yeah. behind this is to speed the game up. We don't want we want the batsman there pronto within yeah. 75 seconds to keep the game moving. Mm-hmm. But your answer to enforce that is to have a gimmick that would force the game to literally stop dead. Yeah. So you can have the bowler have a free shot at the stumps to see if the batsman gets punished for being late. How does that improve yeah. the speed of the game? Uh, and what's even more frustrating is uh, with con- se- just continuous cricket. <laughs> with seventy-five seconds, you're going to have three or four batsmen padded up. So if there's ever a reason that the next batsman ins can't make it, they'll send the next one in so they don't have that free bowl at the stump. So you, yeah. unless there's a catastrophic failure, mm. you're never going to see it. Which makes yeah. me, why have you put the effort into just, making yeah, this I mean, rule? Like as a as a batsman, like do you get to take guard? Is it like where, where are they? No, they they can't take guard. They've They've got yeah. to stand aside and okay. go, and they get a free ball. Or yeah, I know. That's yeah, but like, when do they stop the clock? Well, I think they need to be at the crease. Yeah. So whether right. that's facing up, ready to face. So you just ball get batsmen or... getting to the crease early and uh, sort of just like, oh, okay, I'm good, and then just probably walking away and getting themselves know, set. Getting themselves set. Well, but as it is, like the, yeah. the batsmen are going to be for a T20 game. They're going to be padded up. They're all going to do is basically run out there, mark centre, and go. Yeah. So the likelihood that we're ever going to see a free hit for the bowler or free yeah. ball for the bowler mm-hmm. is astronomically small. Yeah. So why would you go to the effort to actually formulate the rule? And then go to all the things to implement it and change all of the bylaws and all that sort of stuff. There'd be a lot yeah. of there's a lot of effort involved in changing the rules for a national competition. There's got to be all documented and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. It would have taken time and effort, and you know you got to pay the people, and it's never going to happen. It will yeah. never happen. Why not just just tell the umpires if they're not there in 75 seconds, give them out, hmm. and that's enough for the batsman to go. I better be there. <laughs> yeah. You've got a stupid reason to get dismissed in a T20 because you took too long. 
to walk in from the dugout. Like, that's dumb. So they're going to, yeah. if you threaten them with, you are definitely going to get timed out, there is no leeway, yeah. they'll be there. So mm. why go to the effort of making just such a stupid rule? Because yeah. like, the I'd, I'd say it's because it looks better on a scorecard to have someone bold than it does oh, to have someone timed out. I don't even think it's that much thinking. I just think uh, it would be, how cool it would be for the bowlers to get a free ball. And it's just, uh, yeah, they over-innovate. Yeah. Over gimmicky, yeah. it's exactly yeah. right. It, mm-hmm. And it rules like that and the bat flip and the super sub and things like that cheapen T20, which is a format that most people already think cheapens cricket. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're well. cheapening the cheap knockoff of cricket. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. sometimes the BBL I think just needs to let it breathe and yeah. get out of their own way. Yeah, because they've got a money maker. They've just got to figure out how to manage it properly and just make the general properly. game better. Like yeah. little things, yeah. not 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 big all, massive changes. All the time that they spent brainstorming this free delivery for the bowler thing, they should have been working out how to get DRS into it. Yeah. Because the CPL has it, the hundred has it, the IPL has it. We're now the the yeah. the only I think the only major, hmm. well only you know, I think the the Pakistan Premier League or whatever it is, the PSL Super League would have it as well if they had enough, uh, in operators. So I think we're yeah. the last really sort of well put together hmm. franchise. Tournament that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, or, or umpires, you know, even more grassroots, just umpire training because those those umpires are pretty average in yeah, the BBL. Like, like we said lots of times, they're good like, for about a dozen just absolute head scratches. Not like, yeah. oh, that's unlucky. He missed like a real feathery nick there. It costs us like it's like a massive inside edge that you should yeah. have picked up. Exactly. And they yeah. give out LBW in it. And yeah. They're, they're good for yeah, a dozen or so absolute howlers mm. a tournament. Yeah. So, so then, yeah. You, then you wouldn't need DRS. Look, yeah. I think for the for DRS, so they've already said they won't be putting DRS in because it's too hard to get the technology and the trained operators to be able to travel through states with all of the different restrictions we've got going on in Australia at the moment. Yeah. But as we said when this blew up last BBL, I don't think you need a true DRS. If you can give the third umpire the blue tram lines and a slow motion replay, mm. you'll you'll get most of these real bad decisions. Yeah. Like, and then that's all it should be. What if the if we're talking about, you know, whether you know inches or centimeters or millimeters, whether it's going to crash into leg stump or not, you just go with what the umpire on the field has said. But yeah. like, there's been ones where they've given out LWs and it's pitched three ball widths outside leg stump, yeah. or it's hit him above the knee, like above the pad itself, hit him in the thigh, and they've given that things out. Or they've been huge inside edges, and if you've got the tram lines, a slow motion replay, you'll a slow motion replay, you'll see the inside edge. The tram lines, you'll be able to see. Yeah, pitching, hitting, etc. So you and reckon you can, just like watch the replay on on the field? Oh, we'll just give it to the third umpire. You don't have yeah. to go through and do ball tracking and all that. Just yeah. give them the superimposed blue line that you have for the stumps. Yeah, uh, and then you give them slow motion replay at least, and that'll that'll get rid of most yeah. of the howlers. And then if they're not sure, they send it upstairs. No, just I reckon you just review every every out. No, no, not review every out. You give them the DRS, but yeah. the DRS is that. So you go, oh, so if you're right, if you're a yeah, batsman yeah. and you've been given out LBW and you know that you've smashed it into your pads, you send yeah, it upstairs yeah. and the umpire then you know, and yeah. Snicko, we got Snicko. Yeah. So Snicko's there for everything as well. Yeah. So, so and that's so no it. need for uh, no, ball tracking. No need for basically. ball tracking. Just yeah. live without ball tracking and you're just yeah. gonna have to cop some of those mm. 
some of those ones, but you'll be able to tell the umpire to judge, like on height, if it's hit him right on the knee roll and he's well forward and they've given it out, you can probably go, I'm pretty sure that's going over the top. Yeah. And then, yeah, you give them a few slow motion replays, you give them sticko, you give them um, the blue tram lines, and that'll get rid of most of the howlers, and that's all you really want. Mm. All those ones where you're sort of sending it up on a wing and a prayer, hoping that you've just got enough ball on, you know, hitting the stumps for it to go three reds. Yeah. That's not ruining the game. It's the ones where you've just got an absolute <laughs> howler of a decision and someone's yeah. either survived or been given out. In a game as short as a T20, it's hard to make up, especially, you know, a Maxwell on 50-odd gets, you know, big inside edge but get, gets given out LBW. Mm. That changes the game. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. in a test match, you know, it's unfortunate, but you've got time to make up for that. So, hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah, that's the things that the BBL should be worrying about, not let's make it more folksy by having uh, what looks like a bat decide who gets <laughs> to play first or, yeah. you know, a free hit for the bowlers if the batsman's late or, you know, yeah. let's try a, you know, a point system where if you're ahead of them, their score at 10 overs, you get a bonus point. They're just they're innovating yeah. for innovate. Just make make the on-field product better <laughs> yeah. and go from there. Because exactly. it's a, they've got a gold mine and they keep stuffing around with it. Yeah. People will turn off it. And what especially the mo- new people. Like. And at the moment, people yeah. are going, why can the Caribbean Premier League, the IPL, the hundred have yeah. DRS? And it's still an entertaining product. It's still you know, it's still sharp. It's still action packed. It doesn't drag on, yeah. and you're just sitting there dragging your knuckles, going, "We can't have DRS because we want the game to be quick." Well, yeah. some of the most successful franchise cr- league crickets in the world mm. managed to make it happen, and Cricket Australia can't. Yeah, well, I got really way <laughs> anyway. really waylaid there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I did kind of uh, send you off on a few tangents there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Glenn. That's ten. That ten minute rant's Glenn. That's not yeah, my fault. I'll, I'll, I'll own that. Anyways, that'll do for episode 91. Uh, the next time that you hear from us, the World Cup will be underway. So yeah. we'll have plenty of cricket to talk about. Yes. I believe there's going Excellent. to be a Shield game that'll have wrapped up. There'll be a Marsh Cup game that'll have wrapped up. So summer, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> anyway, guys, All right. bye for now. Catch up. Over. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.